Welcome to episode 33 of the Ministry at Scale podcast, where we share tips and trends from industry leaders to help you multiply digital impact. We had a, a mission statement, vision statements that mentioned television, and then we added what you called new media for a while, which now we call social media or digital media. And we kind of realized, you know what, that a really blanket way is like every screen, the screens are going to keep changing. The method of media delivery, I mean, any of us who've worked in the field for more than five years know you got to keep adapting. So we use that to kind of say, every screen, we want Jesus to be everywhere. And when people get online and they're worried and they're fearful and they're searching for truth, we want them to find Jesus. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. You know, it's always encouraging to me to hear how God is working through media to reach the unreached around the globe. Well, today I'm excited to introduce Denise Godwin. She's president of the International Media Missions Ministries, and uh, we're just excited to hear about what they're doing around the globe, specifically with media. So Denise, welcome. It's great to be here from hot and sunny Spain. Yeah, so you're on the other side of the globe right now, and uh, um, I know we we crossed paths, or my time at NRB a couple of weeks ago was cut short, and and so, uh, but it's great to be able to see you in person through a, through a screen. So welcome, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Denise. Could you just share a little bit about your background and your journey of how you came to lead IMM? Well, my husband, Carrie, and I were never going to be missionaries, um, and so God had other plans. We always thought missions would be part of our lives, and we did a short missions trip for two years when we were younger. We said that was amazing, and someday we'll do it again. And then we went back to our secular media jobs, and God dealt with us to take the rest of our career to the mission field, and we said, boy, we'll never qualify as missionaries. We never did anything in a church. We never preached. We never did things that we believe missionaries do. Mm -hmm. Strangely enough, they appointed us as missionaries and we thought, well, we'll just be behind the scenes. Nobody will ever notice we're there. We're production people. We'll run mm. the camera and write things. And as things happen in many ministries around the world, um, people need to leave and positions change and life changes. And we find ourselves still involved after nearly 20 years hmm. and um, coming little by little to become the leader of international media ministries. And Carrie and I believe in putting Jesus on every screen. That's the, mm -hmm. our uh, vision at IMM and whatever it takes. Um, I have to admit, I was resistant <laughs> to the leadership role initially. I was production manager, so I wanted yeah. to continue doing that. But um, eventually, God um, brought me to a place to say, I believe in this mission and I'll do whatever it takes um, to keep it going because we believe everybody needs to hear no, that's, about Jesus and about hope and all, all of those important things. That's great. And I, I, want, I, I want to hear more about Jesus on every screen, but before that, could you, could you just give us a little bit of history about the, the mission itself? How long has it been around? What's your primary focus? And what are the areas, what, are the, what, 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 what people are you reaching right now? Um, International Media Ministries was the brainchild of a committee in 1979. Uh, they okay. did two-year study and in 1981 said, 
We believe um, media should be part of the mission field and reaching people should be a key part. And they created the idea of international media ministries. And so um, starting in August this year and through the spring next year, we are celebrating our 40th anniversary. If you can Congratulations. That's I great. know it's really exciting. Yeah. And I just love that, um, you know, before it w- I'd even had the idea and the, before a lot of us got involved in media and all the things that are digital now, that there were some forward thinking people mm-hmm. that said, no, this, this is useful and we need to train nationals and we need to create media to, that's evangelistic for the world. Mm-hmm. And so in those very early days, um, International Media Ministries was based in Belgium. They were doing mm-hmm. training behind the Iron Curtain before it fell. Wow. Um, so that the nationals at the moment the curtain fell um, in the East were able to start creating their own programming. We, um, when my husband and I were young, it, we got to work on the first uh, Christmas program to go into Slovakia mm. and Slovenia and Poland after mm. uh, communism fell. And so it was the first time people were really hearing what the point of Christmas was in mm. those parts of the world. I mean, now that seems kind of really old school, I guess, but um, I just love to look back and be like, wow, look at those crucial moments. And so interestingly, before um, in the uh, late 90s, they started having all these requests to help um, people in the Arabic speaking world to create mm-hmm. and be trained to do media. And lo and behold, the world changed and, and the idea of um, spiritual conflict in between Islam and the other cultures came to the forefront. And we were already there doing uh, social media and digital media pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess digital media kind of came along in the 2000s, but you know, we were already active in that area. And um, so just seeing how we can support other ministries that have needs hmm. to tell stories and to get training and tell their own people their own stories, as well as things we can make that they don't have time or, or resources to make. So it's a really neat history to see all the different people who've um, been impacted, the countries. Hmm. Um, we focus in Europe, Africa, Eurasia, and the Middle East, okay. and also spill over because of being in Spain. Sometimes things spill over to South America, though there's a lot of ministries there doing work, but um, we try to focus on people that don't have a lot of resources of their own, mm-hmm. and um, people who, in Europe, you think of that more as people who wouldn't go to church, but they'll look at a media piece, yeah. and that might be their stepping yeah. So it just depends on the culture and the needs that we see out there, what we're going to tackle and who we're going to partner with. But um, it's very satisfying to realize that a lot of church growth around the world uh, was already coming through media Mm. before any pandemic and shutdowns and things. But I think now maybe a lot of churches and a lot of people realize the power of media as an opportunity to reach into people's homes. Yeah. You, you know, media is such a broad term, right? I mean, today you've got social media, you've got digital media, you've got media as it relates to like the visual storytelling media of film and, and, and writing, you know, writing articles as media. So what are the, what are the areas of, of media that you find that like, this is really your, your niche, your, your, what you've done, you've really carved out a niche for. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because in those early days uh, in the 80s and 90s you were training television shows chat shows that was the thing but okay. now a lot of the channels can do that kind of thing quickly and cheaply themselves 
So the, the niche that has come to us is um, storytelling. And so that can be a story of two to three minutes for a social media platform where you're evoking a conversation. Um, all the way to a couple of years ago, we did a full length film um, for Spain and it was the first film created uh, by evangelicals in Spain. Mm. Which, you know, sounds kind of crazy to the US market perhaps, but um, mm-hmm. it was a unique moment to, to say there's a, enough believers here that are interested in Spain to make a movie. So um, mm. we just finished in 2020, interestingly enough, a series on the Christian history of North Africa in a docudrama format. And that would be the yeah. first century to the fourth century. So we were able to do a full scale costume drama which a lot of people don't have um, resources to do. And so we were able to partner with uh, North African um, interests that wanted to see their own history and create things like that. Um, we have inherited through all these years and the hard work of um, our, our retired missionary, Christopher Gornold Smith, um, nearly 800 costumes um, from wow. biblical times up till um, the third, fourth century. So. Mm. We are often able to help other um, ministries create a reenactment to really enliven something from a biblical drama or uh, even a little bit after that. So storytelling is really our niche um, at the moment. And, and we know in these changing times of this world, we have to always be praying and listening at conferences and talking mm-hmm. to people about what are the needs. Mm-hmm. The unique thing about international media ministries is we don't sit around as a bunch of American missionaries and say, boy, let's make this, that would be cool. We listen and we talk and we only make things that are needed by someone, Mm. mostly in partnership with them. But sometimes they say, you know, we don't even have time to be involved, just go make us something to help women. Mm -hmm. And so we are unique in that at this moment that storytelling takes a lot more energy and time to -hmm. put together um, than, you know, somebody just talking on a camera about something. So that's a unique niche for us right now. So yesterday we shot something for social media and um, well, next month, who knows, you know, we've got other things on the agenda. So that's kind of a long answer to both short form and long form storytelling. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I, you know, storytelling is so powerful in that it connects with the, the hearts of the listeners or the hearts of the viewers. I mean, you can look at the example of Jesus telling parables, you know, there's, Double for him, it was a double-edged sword. He used it to to uh, uh, to hide, but also to to expose and to show and to touch people's hearts with with story. So, yeah. Now you mentioned partnerships. So talk to me about what that looks like. Are you partnering with other Christian ministries, or you're partnering with like government or NGOs, or what? What do your partnerships look like? Um, well, we've built relationships over these forty years with a lot of different ministries. Some of them. We helped begin channels, um, satellite channels, or, mm-hmm. or train them in, in storytelling and production. And so, and you'll see our products on channels like Sat7, um, Par7, uh, Al Hayat. Um, other channels will reach out to us because they like the content that's focused not on Christians, but on people coming to know Christ. So, mm. um, you might see our things on Miracle Channel or, um, different channels that have a need for um, a product that is um, story instead of uh, 
talking heads, I guess we say in the industry. And yeah. Yeah. I don't mean that negatively, but it's a different kind of television different format. Yeah, sure. We partner with Arab World Media on um, social media platforms. Uh-huh. And then the beautiful thing is, you know, we have these catalog of things and we create a M&E track, music and effects track mm. so that when another group says, I really want that, they can put it in their own language really easily. Oh, that's um, great. So if it's culturally appropriate, we're like, okay, let's get it rolling on another language. So some of the pieces we have maybe in a dozen languages and okay. 75 languages or more in our library currently. Is that right? Wow. So talk to us about your, your vision of Jesus on every screen. So, I mean, I've got a screen right here. I'm looking at a screen. I'm looking at two screens right now. So, so what, what does that mean and how are you going about accomplishing that? Yeah, what we had a, a mission statement and vision statements that um, mentioned television. And then mm. we added what you called new media for a while, which now we call social media or digital media. And we kind of realized, you know what, that a really blanket way is like every screen, the screens are going to keep changing. And the method of media delivery, I mean, any of us who've worked in the field for more than five years know you got to keep adapting. And so we use that to kind of say every screen, we want Jesus to be everywhere. And when people Mm. get online and they're worried and they're fearful and they're searching Mm. for truth, we want them to find Jesus. And so yeah, that involves those partnerships because we um, we don't speak 70 languages. So we mm-hmm. must and always do partner with someone who is doing follow-up mm-hmm. so that the people don't just see a video and that's that. They actually have a way to communicate with a believer mm-hmm. and connect to believers. So all of that together is, you know, Jesus on every screen possible, put Jesus on every screen. And that also means training people because we are a handful of missionaries aren't going to be able to fill every screen in the whole world, but we can train people to be doing that in their own language, in their own country as well. And so um, it, it really kind of goes with the, the long-term mission from the very beginning, but a way to say it in the way um, is communicated. We all kind of have a screen in our pocket and there's a lot of parts of the world that people are never going to own a computer. They're going to go straight yeah. from a flip phone to a smartphone. And right. we want to meet them on those screens. Good. So share with us one story of a changed life, somebody whose life has been impacted through the, through, through, through the ministry. Yeah. Um, we've had, um, we did the stories a couple years ago of women of the Bible in the line of Christ. Mm. And those are not the best stories in the Bible. If you go look those up, <laughs> they're not, uh, they're yeah. not the, um, touchy we have the harlot and, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, actually somebody told me you can't do Tamar, Tamar and Judah, like that's too harsh. And I was like, gosh, but we feel like God's called us to do the line of Christ. So we made a way and we did it. And hmm. you can imagine when somebody's told you that won't work <laughs> the, the challenges you feel as you're making a program. And, um, a lot of times we use, um, well, nearly all the time we use actors who aren't Christians because hmm. it's there are very, very, very few, but we use this mm-hmm. as an opportunity to share the gospel on the set. Mm-hmm. And so all through, they have to do their reading, their background reading. So that's usually a book of the Bible. And then every scene, we talk about the motivation and why it's important in the whole story. And um, I've had great long debates about why Bathsheba had to do this and this and that. And I mean, hours of discussions over David and Bathsheba. And 
So anyway, at the end of the Tamar shoot, um, the girl who portrayed Tamar accepted Christ. Wow. And while that wasn't on a screen, it was very yeah. moving because it was a first fruits of a story that was very hard to tell and yeah. um, isn't yeah. the most beautiful story in the Bible. And yet um, God over and over is saying, I use broken people and yeah. I use broken circumstances. And the point of that particular series of women in the Bible is that women who've been abused, marginalized, trafficked, you know, broken in some way, that they are affirmed that they are still precious in the eyes mm. of God. Mm. And so, yeah, that was a really cool um, connection. And we've gone on to use her to play other parts. And, and mm. um, on the set of The Lost Legacy Reclaimed, the North African story, Mm -hmm. um, another actress accepted christ and a lot of actors will come around and just be like you guys are like family you were so nice mm. and those are the first fruits and then um when we are creating the social media pieces and you hear a really powerful message you know 11 people in uh palestine and israel accepted christ the first month of a video and wow. 300 downloaded bibles and you know it's it's maybe not as touchy-feely because of the numbers but it's really, um, it's, it's gratifying to have a story that will invoke those conversations. And it's a, it's a team effort. I mean, an amazing yeah. amount of people go into the follow-up and the stories, but we are so blessed. And um, one person went and met with a follow-up person in North Africa, and she had accepted Christ through media. Mm -hmm. And now she goes around and meets people who have questions and helps them know Jesus. And he was telling her, we hadn't finished our North Africa series. And he was telling her about it. And she's like, wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me this park, I have picnicked in my whole life with these ruins in it, that there were Christians there in the first century and that they died for their faith. She's like, I need that story. Wow. I want that story. That's yeah. my story. Because yeah. their heritage truly is something prior to Islam. And yeah. so it's, there's some really cool tales like that out there that I love. Yeah here um as media people we don't get to go around and sit in everyone's living room and pray with them yeah, yeah. in 30 languages this year or whatever but um it's marvelous to think about um that people can begin that journey yeah. in the privacy of their phone or their home or wherever yeah find. so in that sense you kind of are in their living room you're you you, you <laughs> are, are. There on the screen you know leading them to leading them to christ whether or not uh uh, whether or not you actually hear about it eventually or not, you know, that's a, uh, that's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. I know, um, you know, I, I, I resonate with your, your mission and your vision of Jesus on every screen and reaching millions with the gospel. And, uh, and our, our, our mission, our, our vision here at 5Q is to impact a billion people without ever having them hear about 5Q. We, we are, our, our dream is to work with ministries and empower them to be able to do what God's called them to. So, uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I see some threads of that through, through your partnerships and through uh, just, just those that you've been able to impact even on the set. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's fantastic. So, so I'm, I'm curious, you know, our, our podcast is about helping ministries grow in the digital space. And so, so talk to us about how you have scaled your ministry and how, the different how you've how you've scaled and how you've made a little bit of a shift from from television in the past now broader media and even social media so just talk to us a little bit about that and some of your learnings that you can share yeah it's um 
like I said, anybody who's been in media knows you keep learning new software and platforms and new ways to communicate. Um, and we also have the challenge of using all volunteers hmm. who have a missions um, budget or find one, our virtual team members who work from the state. So we're also scaling, mm-hmm. not just the kind of media we do, but how much can we do based on our, our talent pool at any given moment? So there's, um, I, and I think probably a lot of people listening to the podcast have that same challenge of um, not having enough people. I don't think mm-hmm. I've talked to a single ministry that, <laughs> that says, oh, we got so many people, you know, they, that's one of the challenges, but um, you know, we use certain measurements as we make decisions, you know, is it evangelistic mm. in nature? And is there follow-up work? Is mm-hmm. someone going to be doing the follow-up? Um, mm-hmm. We've had people say, put everything on YouTube because, you know, in 40 years, you've got a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that wouldn't actually follow our mission because mm-hmm. we want to make people have that. So you have to choose, you know, what because mm-hmm. people bring us amazing things all the time and you have to go, okay, well, we only have this much time and this many people right now. So what mm-hmm. do we prioritize? Is it an unreached people group? Well, then that gets a higher priority. Is it, you know, evangelistic? Well, like, is it training someone and they can make their own stuff and tons of it? Okay, well, that's, and so it, it is, it's always a moving target. It's always a moving target on the technology. We have some really great partnership with um, Speed the Light and some grants that help us keep up with, uh, mm-hmm. we're currently at 4K on the cameras. I know that that's uh, passing by a little bit too, but, you know, keeping up with that technology yeah. so that, um, what we create is high quality in the region it appears in. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there have been some historic events in Christian media where things weren't as good a quality. And that's been one of, it's one of our core values about being effective and, and uh, creative and always improving. We're never going to be yeah. Hollywood, but let's always yeah. improving. And so, yeah, scaling is a really, um, a really important thing. I've, probably need to listen to some podcasts on that. <laughs> well, well, one of the things you said, though, I think is so key, and I want our audience to hear that is it's you have a filter by which you gauge different opportunities, because we're all, we're all limited in our, in our resources, um, time, talent, treasure, it's, those are all limited resources. And we want to be able to put them in the place where it can have the, the best return, not just financial return, but spiritual return. And, and having a filter, a grid by which you can, you can filter through those opportunities and be able to say, yes, this, this is one we, we really feel God is calling us to. And uh, I felt that I, when I worked inside of a ministry, managing and and being responsible for what goes on that homepage of a website. I mean, everybody in the ministry thought their thing was the most important that should go on there. And, and, you know, you have to build a grid and have to learn how to say no graciously to people or say, hey, it's not the best on the homepage, but maybe it can go over here. And uh, I'm sure, uh, like all of us, we have to, to learn what those filters are and how we can bring those to bear to, 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 to best advance the gospel. So, yeah. So, so this has been really insightful, really helpful to just, just to learn about your ministry, learn about what, what God is doing through you guys and impacting, um, impacting people with storytelling. And I especially love the, the training aspect that you're involved, that you're not holding this knowledge to yourself. You're being generous with it and sharing it with others and, and desiring to see other in the partnership and the collaboration. 
so this is really, really helpful, Denise. I, I, I'm wondering, could you just share with us one book or resource or something that you've been learning recently that, that you can share with our audience? Um, I actually had a German blogger recommend this book. Mm. He's in English, but he does a leadership podcast. And he, it's Leading with the Limp. Hmm. And it's Dan Allender is the, the author. And um, it's about that brokenness that goes yeah. with leadership and as a, a believer and just the, um, rather than disguising our weaknesses um, as we need to just know it's there and incorporate hmm. it. I've been really encouraged with it because um, I always you know, imagine someone else could be doing it better. And so it was a really affirming way to know you're not the other guy and um, God's still at work in you and using you and, and you are going to feel broken a lot of times and that's okay. And I needed that anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I found if, if I don't have some, uh, some, a certain level of, I'm not going to say not being confident, but a certain level where, where, man, I don't know if I can do this. That drives us to God that drives us to depend on him. And if we think we have the talent and we think we can do it for me, that's when I usually find that I fall and too overconfident pride comes in. And, uh, um, so, so yeah, so I look forward, I have not read that book. I look forward to, uh, to, to reading that book, leading with a limp. So, Folks, we'll be able to, we'll link to that in our show notes, as well as to, uh, to the ministry. Um, Denise, if somebody wants to contact you, either for partnership or to learn more about what you're doing, how's the best way that they can contact you? Yeah, on our website, there's different information about volunteering with us, short-term and long-term, and you can email us. Uh, info at imm.edu will get a okay. bunch of us get that, um, but that includes volunteers. There's a giving link on our site, and um, yeah, we're just always interested in having conversations either with people who want to give some time to missions or want to talk about a project. Um, I love that media, you know, a lot of ministry, you stay in your church planting lane or whatever, but with media, we're all over the place and supporting yeah. each other in different ways. And, and it's really exciting to hear about what God's doing all different places and how the projects get used and where they come from. And so yeah, we're always looking to talk to missionaries who have projects or nationals and see, maybe we can't help, but maybe we know somebody and we can network them in with someone. And uh, we'd love to talk to anybody who is interested in, in looking at missions short-term or long-term. Oh, that's fantastic. So just encourage folks to go to imm.edu and learn more about the ministry and see how, how God's using you guys to touch, touch hearts around the world. So Denise, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Ministry at Scale podcast. If you like this podcast, we would really appreciate you giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple podcast. Now it's not that we need the affirmation, but it is because that's what Apple uses to give good rankings to draw more people. So your rating will help get the word out and help more ministries multiply their digital impact.